This is Margaret Copeland Frankowitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. If you don't know my channel, this is the channel where um, I talk about diabetes. So uh, if you have the ability to like and subscribe and share, of course, your favorite episode. I only have like 120 plus episodes for your listening pleasure. And of course, I mean that sincerely. Share away. Because, I don't know. There's other diabetics out there that need to reach, so I want to reach as many as possible. They can think what they want, but if I have a tip that helps them out, then it was well worth it. Mainly because I like to share the tips that I've actually heard out there with other diabetics so that they can improve their lifestyle and their health. I mean, after all, I'm a diabetic. I have come to the conclusion that I will always be a diabetic. It's not going to change unless uh, some type of magical surgery is out in the future, in the near future, or maybe some miracle shot. But until then, I'm just living with what I got. Ooh, a rhyme. I love it. Anyways, I was reading this very interesting article. And it has one that has plagued me numerous times, which is the reason why I started my web pages on Facebook, uh, both um, Diabetes and Exercise and Diabetes Aware, and also this podcast, Diabetic Survival. That way I can constantly remind myself I'm a diabetic, not to depress myself or anything, but just to make myself aware that there are certain lifestyle changes that I have to make in order to better my existence in this life and try to live the best life possible. But I wanted to talk about burnout. Um, It was a very intriguing, interesting topic that I haven't heard anybody talking about. And um, there was this article um, in Glucology Today. It's, um, It's actually, I've never heard of it before. So of course, uh, I'm looking for new news articles as well. But um, it's about this girl named Fran, and she's type 1 diabetic. Anyways, she goes into a little bit about um, how she does get diabetes burnout. And, um, of course, I think that anybody who's been a diabetic for a long duration, if they haven't had diabetes burnout, that's absolutely amazing. Keep doing what you're doing, unless you're on antidepressants or, you know... um, maybe get that look into or something that is a little bit more natural but anyways diabetes burnout um you can suffer from depression you can sleep a lot uh your stress levels are high you're you might even be angry all the time um these are all good signs that your blood sugar might be out of control but of course you're testing yourself and so you know that your blood sugars are out of control but Um, occasionally when you're doing everything right, such as in Fran's story, and your blood sugars are still high, then it is very frustrating. Unfortunately, in Fran's story, and this does happen to diabetics, she's type 1, so she literally has to take this seriously every day. I mean, type 2 diabetics, same thing. We have to take this seriously as well. But uh, the repercussions of what a type 1 diabetic goes through can be absolutely fatal. Um, Including she has ended up on life support several times because of this. I mean, we're talking, this is serious, okay? 
um, because if she's not adamant about controlling her diabetes or like, let's say she, she puts it off or something of that nature, she will end up in the hospital and she may go into diabetic coma, which has happened several times to her. And the next time she may not wake up. So that's how serious it can be is to know the serious consequences. And this is something I've never talked about, um, through uh, my web pages or through my podcast Usually I beat a subject to death, but you know, um, when I learn about it, but this one, this is serious people. This can happen to a type two diabetic just as well as a type one diabetic. Um, we can totally forget, you know, just because we want to live a normal life that we have diabetes. And the next thing we know we're into the hospital, we're in a diabetic coma. We just wanted to enjoy that candy bar, 10 of them or whatever, having withdrawals. And, um, the next thing you know, it could be what ends your life. I guess that's why every time I look at chocolate bars and stuff like that at, uh, convenience stores, because, you know, they, they line the shelves with, with chocolate bars all over. I just have gotten it into my head that they're poison. And if I eat them, it's like eating arsenic and I'm not willing to die today. So I usually, um, when I walk past the candy bars, I, I usually say, not today, Satan. And I continue on. Now, if I was like 12 or something like that, yeah, I'd probably pick up a candy bar. But I'm not 12 anymore, so I'm an adult. I don't need that. I know that there's other alternatives. If I want to get my chocolate rush on, which I do every day, what I do is I grab some of that Hershey's dark chocolate cocoa powder and I sprinkle it on top of my coffee. And that has like no carbs to it, no sugar. It's absolutely perfect. Gives you that little chocolate fix you need, and then you don't have to think about it for the rest of the day. So, uh, definitely find an alternative for when you're having that sugar rush. And I don't know, I think females are worse than males, but you know, I know some guys who, you know, they love their chocolate too. So, I mean, it goes both ways. And sugar is the same way. If you like your sugar, definitely grab a sugar alternative such as Splenda. Or maybe the little sweet and low packages or something of that nature. Um, I do go through my phases with the sweeteners. I, I try not to do sweeteners just because I don't want to accidentally grab that candy bar next time. And so um, I do do the, uh, the calorie and sugar-free and diabetic-free or diabetic-friendly sugars so that I know that I'm not spiking my blood sugar. The reason why we need to be so on board on this, like our brains need to be 100% trying to protect us, is because our livers are not. Our livers are thinking something completely different. It's not thinking we, our bodies aren't working properly. They're still thinking that, you know, like we're 12 or something and our bodies are working fine, so our liver's doing what it's supposed to be doing. But our livers are kind of like our biggest hindrance because it's pumping out those sugars that it thinks our body needs. And that's part of the problem is because our cells can't keep up. So um, we have to think smarter, not harder. And, you know, nobody really, I mean, normal people just don't understand what it's like to be a diabetic and constantly have to fight your liver. Um... And I guess, I guess really it's becoming one with your liver, giving your liver what it wants. And there are some foods out there, by the way, that your liver really does crave. And the only thing that I can say is try reflecting 
about it by making your liver happy and eating those foods. I think I had actually done a podcast about liver, but maybe not. And so that might be a future podcast on how to treat your liver right. Because when your liver's functioning, is your liver liver's functioning properly and it's happy with what you're giving it, then it's not going to start craving the bad stuff. Because um, your body, your, your insides are like a two-year-old child. It wants what it wants. It doesn't really care if it's good for it or not. So uh, like for instance, when, when parts of your body are craving sugar, like your brain, because your brain likes the sugar, your liver, etc. It does not necessarily mean that's what's the best for it. So there are certain types of foods that you can eat that I think satisfy those cravings. So basically, the healthier your liver gets, um, the happier your liver will be and it won't start craving those sugars. That's, that's my theory anyways. And I've also gone a long time without not only sugar, but without sweetener. So I was not putting sweetener for instance, in my, my beverages at all. Absolutely no artificial sweeteners, no sugar, anything. I would just drink it straight up and I enjoyed it. So, and of course, that's not always the case during the holidays. During the holidays, I crave sweets. I want to eat what every other normal pe- person is eating. I will actually adopt holidays just so I can eat those sweets. I mean, that's bad. Um, so, and of course, you know, if you, if you're like at a corporate party or if you're at, you have guests coming over or something of that nature, um, you might have a little bit of something with sugar in it or have an alternative snack there and that's not going to kill you, but you still need to be aware that that little snack that your normal guests has had that, that you just had. I have found that, um, like it's better, the reason why I'm better off, I'm talking about me, the reason why I'm better off saying no to that snack is because if, even if I have like a little square of piece, like a quarter of a brownie and I eat it, I'm going to be thinking about that for the next, I don't know, uh, I wouldn't say a year, maybe a month after that. And then I'm going to start thinking other little things are okay to eat that are sweet. And this is ap- absolutely the, the snowball that goes downhill that just ends up becoming an avalanche. And um, so to be aware of that and be able to stop it is good. But if you don't have that self-control, like I still, I'm still developing that self-control, then you need to learn how to cut it off like immediately and actually switch to something else. So this girl named Fran, she's type 1 diabetic, and of course she has to inject herself like three times a day. So she was saying that when she gets depressed, she does the very bare minimum, and this is what gets her in trouble. So instead of, uh, you know, testing her blood sugar and giving herself a shot, just adjusting her insulin the way it needs to be adjusted, she may just give herself one shot during the day because she's depressed. And, you know, um, for some of us, depression can last not just days, weeks, months, but possibly even years. So um, this is really important. I mean, if, if you are lucky and fortunate enough to survive that long, congratulations. But obviously, if you're here for the long haul, you have to pay attention to this stuff. Another thing that she noticed is that she slept more. Now, I don't think that sleep is necessarily a bad thing. So if you're sleeping more, that's fine because it's giving your body a chance to repair the damage that's done to it. 
Um, I think she's, she's talking about sleeping more excessively, like all day. And I've done this, like, especially on my days off. I usually get one day off, so I usually sleep all day. This day that I sleep is a great time for your body to repair itself. And it has to, it has to get the the immune system activated. It has to start repairing your cells. Sleep is a good thing. I mean, I don't think, I think the only person that would argue with that is like maybe Elon Musk. And uh, let me tell you something. Elon Musk actually had a little bit of a shocker last week. I, you know, I talk about Elon Musk, but you know, I'm constantly bombarded with him in the news. So I mean, that's, that's literally all I hear about. And he's too, he's too interesting to actually block. So I don't block him. Like I've done a lot of other news cast casters, but, um, there are a couple things that I learned about Elon Musk. One was a, a while back. And I think I said something about this, but he sleeps like maybe four hours a day. And I'm here going, wow, he's absolutely not allowing his body to repair itself at all. Is he? But uh, two, he actually, uh, he's, he either has or is planning on quitting Tesla. And I was a little bit mystified by that. I'm like, wow, that, that really sucks because I just bought Tesla stock too. So um, I'm like, oh great, Elon Musk just quit and I just invested in Tesla stock so hopefully it doesn't plunge too far. And there's so many products that Tesla's come out with that I want to get. Like, I do want the electric guitar. I mean, I'm a fangirl. I, I'm obviously turning into a fangirl about this technology. I think it's absolutely amazing that you can have a car, not make any sound whatsoever, and travel at 400 plus miles on electric and cost you like maybe 15 bucks as compared to you know, filling up your tank for 50 to 100 uh, with regular gasoline. I mean, it's very cost-effective, people. I would really seriously take a look at it. Now, the price of it is outrageous, but if um, you like technology and actually the vehicles go quite fast, too. I mean, I think you just did it. And I think that when, once you uh, once you make a really good vehicle that kind of surpasses everybody's vehicles out there, um, it's time to take a look at it. And Tesla did... Uh, excuse me, Elon Musk did a great job. So, Elon Musk, if you're listening, I want the car, I want the cell phone, I don't necessarily want the trip to Mars, I also found out that that uh, he said that it looks more likely that uh, people will be able to travel to Mars within five years, and that is another incredible thing. Can you imagine that in our lifetime we may actually be able to travel to Mars? How cool is that? Um, I think that's amazing. But also, um, it might be a good time. Now, I gotta double check the rumors on this because I've only I've only gotten it from one source, and so I need to know what's official. But if you know Elon Musk and you know his cryptocurrency, you know he favors Dodge. It's either Dodge Coin or Dog Coin. It's D O G E C O I N. Um, he favors this coin above all the other alternate coins. But he's also like a big Bitcoin fan. So, uh, having this currency is kind of important. This is what I see in the future. If he actually does establish something on Mars and starts his own little country or whatnot up there. I mean, I'm thinking big here. Either he's going to use the alternate currency to trade with Earth, um, because allegedly there was gold on Mars. 
Um, or he's going to create his own currency, which she's smart enough. He can create his own, like, Mars currency or something. But, um, so I know he likes doing things for himself. So, um, there's a good chance he might actually create his own coin. But since he does favor the Bitcoin and dog co- the dog coin right now, or dodge coin, it might, or doge coin, how do they call it? Doge, dog. Anyways, um, it might be a good investment to actually put your money in. Oh yes, disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. Okay, glad I got that out of the way. I think I'm going to say it two more times. I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor. I am not a financial advisor. Okay, now, that being said, this coin, and, and you know, anything you invest in, you're, you're risking, you're taking a chance at. It's kind of like Fannie Mae back in the days where... You know, I got excited because it was like penny stock back then. It was worth like 17 cents. Now it's worth 97 cents. Oh, oh, joy. Oh, good joy. Um, the problem is, is that when you invest through a broker, they can steal your money like Fidelity did with mine. So not, I found out not only did they steal my JC Penny stock, they also stole what I had invested in Freddie Mae and Freddie Mac. Nice of them, huh? They did leave something in there, though, just in case I came back. So... Um, and then come to find out there's not really a lot you can do about it. So if anybody knows what I can do about it, that's great. Reach out to me, let me know. But I just know that they have a lot of disappointed stockholders or that are a little bit broker now. Okay, with that being said, um, I'm thinking, like, like my new thoughts on stocks, that's what happened to me in the stock market, okay, is I had, uh, Fidelity, um, they should actually call themselves Infidelity or maybe, um, um, robbery. Um, they, I had invested in stocks and I got burned. So, um, I don't think cryptocurrency is any better, honestly, because there's nothing backing it. But remember, there's nothing backing the American dollar either. Okay. So, um, get your money in and then get out. (laughs) so when you feel like pulling your money out pull it out so get your money in there make some money bring it back out don't even let it sit there for a duration of time because if you do um if you do the the growth way where you put it in forget about it uh, it may just not be there uh, when you come back for it it's kind of like what happened to me in fidelity so anyways um back to the burnout thing okay so Burnout is very real. So, I mean, basically, it's where you don't feel like you're getting the results that you thought that you would get. Such as, uh, okay, so like, say, let's say you're type 1 diabetic and you're injecting three times a day and you're, you're putting in the exact amount of dosages you think that you need based off of your numbers you put it in and you're reading still crap at the end of the day. This happens so often. I mean, you can, most people can only stand feeling like a failure for so long before they finally just give up the ship or throw their hands up, turn around and do something else, or they just get so frustrated because they can't leave it. Kind of like a really bad relationship. The only difference is that you can divorce your really bad relationship. There's not much you can do with diabetes. You can't divorce that. You are literally committed for life. Much like the mole on my forehead, I'm pretty committed to it because I've already talked to the surgeon and he said, we can cut it off for $300, but it'll just grow back. So, you know, me thinking about my $300, I could afford it at the time. But I'm looking at the mole going, okay, if, if I'm only going to get rid of you for like a month or six or a year, it's 
kind of not worth it. I might as well just like leave you on there and save my 300 bucks. Okay, so I I really do admire Fran for actually talking about this because it's something I've experienced myself. Now you can have surprising results too. Um, like for instance, the time that I thought I was cured of diabetes. Yeah, I know it doesn't happen. People don't think you can cure yourself of diabetes. But back then, you know, six years ago or so, I was stupid and or thought that maybe they made a mistake and I wasn't actually pre-diabetic after all. But um, when I went into the doctor's office, and I, I've talked about this in former episodes before, so I, I apologize, but it seems a little bit redundant. Um, but I was a truck driver at the time and I couldn't, I couldn't get my medications and stuff. And being a pre-diabetic, I didn't technically need the medication as long as I ate right. So I thought that I, I was safe just eating fish and that I was going to come back and get the repercussions. Like my doctor was going to tell me I was definitely diabetic or if I wasn't or if I was still pre-diabetic. So I ended up eating fish that whole entire time for that year. So what does fish have in it? It's magnesium. So hopefully uh, you're taking your magnesium supplements. This may help you out tremendously, by the way, just for my stupidity, finding this out, okay? Um, or just eat fish every day. But, okay, so it was portion size. It's like, you know, the little bitty three ounce cans three times a day. And I did not suffer from diabetes. Um, I, didn't su- su- I didn't suffer from complications such as neuropathy or anything of that nature. Now, mind you, uh, my diabetes was still in its infancy. When I went back and was tested, my doctor could see absolutely no indicator that I had diabetes or that she couldn't tell that I hadn't been on my medications for a year. Pretty freaking amazing. Like, literally, that is a miracle, okay? Um, And it really was. And when I started eating like a normal person again, it came back with vengeance. So that's why I say that once you have diabetes, you're, once you're diagnosed, you, you have it for life. Just automatically put the brand of the D on your forehead and just learn to live with it. Even if you hate it, just make it your best friend. Just say, okay, we're in this together. Because, you know, the thing is, is that there's so many organs that it can affect in your body. Uh, kidneys, pancreas, liver, heart, brain, etc. Just everything. Skin. Skin's a good indicator. Not really, but skin can be a good indicator of what's going on in your body, too. Definitely pay attention to your feet, because your feet will crack. If your feet are cracking, that's a bad sign. Um, Heel cracking definitely means that uh, you have higher than normal blood sugars in your system. And don't give yourself a pat on the back if you don't, because you can still have high blood sugar. It's just affecting you differently. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, I had a, a mouthful to actually say, but um, I, I certainly don't mean to undermine uh, Dana's story by any means because um, I think that the story that she had to tell, um, I, like if you could write a book on this, I, I'm serious. Dana, if you're listening, please write a book on this because that's the stuff I want to read about. I want to hear about the stories of people going through something much worse than I could ever imagine. Uh, not not because I want to be morbid to myself or anything, but just so I can be aware of why I do what I do. Because that's the seriousness of what I want to try to prevent. I want to prevent the whole 
uh, going into a diabetic coma and not waking up for, I don't know, however many days or weeks or months or whatever, if I even wake up, if it, if it doesn't, if it's not uh, proven fatal. But anyways, back uh, around to the whole Elon Musk thing. Um, like Elon Musk had this girlfriend that I thought was like absolutely perfect for him. So she was a singer and she's bubbly and they had a kid together. I'm here thinking that that's going to be Elon Musk's third marriage. She's like the perfect bride to go up to Mars and get married to Elon Musk. Like seriously. So I really hope that they get back together because, you know, of course they have the child together. And I do know that he's been married twice before and he's got like a whole brood of kids. That's super cool. So, I mean, he could colonize all of Mars with all of his kids and make them rulers of lands on Mars. Mars Mars is huge. Um, uh, Definitely pretty freaking cool. Um, But anyways, yeah, I was a little bit shocked to find out that he broke up with his girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, this is really sad. Then I was sad to see that he actually cut ties with Tesla. So, or that he's quitting or whatnot. I'm sure he's gotten a nice hefty bonus or something. Uh, from Tesla and he's like okay yeah now time to sleep I mean if the guy's only sleeping like four hours a day I mean he deserves to get a full night's sleep okay that's all I gotta say but maybe between the girlfriend and Tesla he wasn't getting any sleep and he just cut off I don't know I'm just I'm speculating okay don't 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 burn me over that okay so um with that being said I'm sure Elon Musk is gonna be a huge success and he's gonna find gold on Mars and make people or investors on Earth happy again. And he's going to just, like, rule that planet with an iron rod, which is kind of ironically funny if you know anything about Mars and the elements and stuff. But anyways, um, if Elon Musk wants to reach out to me, I have some great um, ideas uh, for your, your city structures and uh, possible transportation. Of course, I, I know he can take care of the transportation part. But I do actually, because I saw this in, in like a dream back in my, when, when I was really young, like 13, 12 or 13, about uh, the colonization of Mars. Of course, I guess maybe a lot of people have or something, I don't know. But um, I saw these like little cities and bubbles and stuff like that and, and the infrastructure of them. And so if he needs help from me, just let me know. I won't even charge him. How cool is that? Just, just give me Dogecoin and uh, use that as a currency in Mars and I'll be happy with that. But, um, <laughs> all joking aside, um, no, I, I actually really did uh, actually have a vision of Mars and it actually being colonized, so that's why I know this can happen. And I really hope that, that I get to see this in my lifetime, because if, if I see what happened in my lifetime, well, well, one, I'm like, well, shoot, I knew that was going to happen back when I was like 12 or 13 anyways. But um, it may also be the fact that I used to watch all those space movies too (laughs) when I was a kid about the colonization of Mars so there's that too so uh whether it's um going to become a if it's going to become a reality then that just makes that that dream that I had more vivid and so I'm actually going yeah Elon Musk go up there and do what you need to do and I really do think that it'll actually be a good mining company as well up there so um I hope that while Elon Musk is actually shooting for the stars up there and trying to colonize Mars, that uh, he finds everything he's ever been looking for. 
And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and end today's podcast. This has been Margaret Copeland Frankowitz. I had to sneak a podcast in there. I wasn't going to cast one for several days, but I decided that this article about Dana was just too interesting to pass up. And I wanted to definitely uh, get it into a podcast before I had to go to work. And um, anyways, this has been Margaret Copeland Frankowitz. Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, if you've listened to this whole thing, well, then now you're committed. You've got to like, subscribe, you've got to share share it with a good friend of yours uh don't share it with bad friends we don't need bad people here but anyways be kind to each other happy holidays and i hope that you have a great day